Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Real Life Ghost Stories. I am not counting this week. Well done, I'm proud of you. That takes great restraint. We are going to start off by thanking our new Patreon pledgers. So we would like to say thank you to Jacob Haley. To Amy Parfait. To Shorty. What a name. I know, right? <laughs> uh, to Haley Corway. To Andrea Romin. To Lois Kelly. Amanda Ruth Lee Smith. C. Scott. Rebecca Sue Meglothling. Uh, Millie Bryant Pearson. Thank you so much for your Patreon pledges this week. We appreciate it so much. And we're over halfway to our Patreon goal. Amazing. Which is mental. That's, really That's so mad. Thank you so much. So thank you so much. I still can't believe that people are willing to give their hard-earned cash to us. That's crazy. Yeah. Cra- it just blows my mind. So thank you. We really appreciate it. And we love you for it forever. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Our film review this week is The Boy. And The Boy was released in 2016. It has 6 out of 10 on IMDb and 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't understand these huge disparities between IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. Last couple of weeks we've had that. Don't get it. Do you want a synopsis? Uh, Yeah, go for it. The Boy is a frightening thrill ride directed by William Brent Bell, who also directed The Devil Inside, interestingly, starring Lauren Cohen from The Walking Dead. Greta is a young American woman who takes a job as a nanny in a remote English village only to discover that the family's eight-year-old is actually a life-size doll that the parents care for just like a real boy as a way to cope with the death of their actual son 20 years prior. After violating a list of strict rules, a series of disturbing and inexplicable events bring Greta's worst nightmare to life, leading her to believe that the doll is actually alive. I'm going to start this one off by apologising to you for making you watch this. Thanks. I think that's probably right because it was awful. Awful because there was a doll or yeah, an no, awful not, film? No, the film wasn't awful, but it was awful because I had to stay... That, that, that doll was so freaky. I just They're all horrible. They're all horrible. Dolls are horrible. See, I'm not really that bothered by dolls, so I thought this film was actually quite boring. Oh, did you? I didn't. I did. I think it was... I actually don't think Lauren Cohen is a very good actress. Which is surprising because I love The Walking Dead. She's Maggie from The Walking Dead, by the way, if you're a Walking Dead fan. And I didn't think she was a very good actress in it. Why? I just found her very lifeless. Oh, I thought she was alright. Maybe she was trying to be reflective of the doll. Maybe it was deeper. Yeah. And we just didn't get it. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, I didn't. I thought she was alright. I thought she did an okay job, actually. But I also think, right, if you are going to be a nanny, you go to this big manor house in the middle of nowhere and the people are like, oh, come and meet our son and it's actually a little doll. I would be like, tell you what, I actually don't need the money. I don't need the job. <laughs> See you later. And I'm not frightened of dolls, but I would be like, these people are absolutely mental. Yeah. And I think that I would I would walk away. I wouldn't be like, ha 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 ha, oh no, you're not joking. Okay, I'm just gonna just gonna go along with this. Yeah. I'd have, I, could, I wouldn't be able to stand there and pretend like, I was going to go along I with don't it. think I'd even be able to have that conversation. I'd look at the doll and then just run out of her screaming, I think. See, I don't think you would. I think you you think yourself to be weaker than you actually are. You say you? that. You say that. But <laughs> all those dolls you showed me today, how long did I stick around and look at them? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Went to a boot fair today and there were a lot of porcelain dolls. A man offered me like a box of porcelain dolls for a fiver and I really wanted to bring them home, but I wasn't allowed. No. So yeah, what? What? So <laughs> I thought this film was really clumsy. I thought it could. I thought it had a really good idea behind it. I thought the story could have been brilliant, but they just didn't quite pull it off. Mm. I disagree with you. Okay, tell me why. I didn't think it was clumsy. Actually, I thought it was. It flowed quite well. I like the way that you didn't actually see the doll move. 
at any point itself, which was good. No, you never see it move. Which was good, I thought, because often you lose a little bit of it with the animation of it when it turns. Itself. Yeah, or if it like like when we watched that film Sabrina, where the doll's eyes moved. In this film, <laughs> that was scary though. No, <laughs> that film was so awful. In this film, Brahms, that is the the doll. You never actually see him move, which I think is a stroke of genius. Yeah, no, that's very because it clever. adds a lot yeah, to it. It does. It really does. It has a big M Night Shyamalan twist at the end of it. Shyamalan. But I'm not going to give it away because I do actually recommend that you watch this. I think I think it was good. I I don't understand why you call your kids Brahms. Apologies if that is what you're not child's name. I also think we need to talk about the ability of uh, the Teflon towel, as I like to call it. Jesus Christ! So there's one point in the film where, if you looked at my Instagram story this week, I did the rule. I did the rule number one of horror stories or horror films: is don't go into the attic. Don't go into the fucking attic. It's never a good idea. Just don't go into the attic or the basement. That's, that's, like, they are strong rules yeah, to live absolutely, by. Yeah, always. She <clears throat> gets out of the shower. Something happens. She is wrapped in a towel. She goes out of the shower. She goes up into the attic. She climbs up into the attic in yep. this towel. She's, like, thrown to the floor in the attic. All this stuff is going on. She's running around. She's frantically trying to get out of the attic. She's locked into it. Blah, blah, blah. She collapses. She's found the next day. She climbs out of the attic. The entire time her towel stays on. That is skill. That's pure how? skill. She's how? got a Teflon towel. It's made of Teflon. I don't understand no, that how that that doesn't make sense because that doesn't stick. So That's the point of Teflon, isn't it? It yeah, doesn't stick. So then it would but, fall down. like... I don't know how that happened. That's the freakiest thing about this whole film. Maybe she duct tapes the towel. Maybe she maybe she has some sort of way of tying it. Yeah. You know the way girls like do that twisty yeah. turban thing when they get out of the shower? Yeah. That seems to be a mystery to a lot of people and yeah. I don't really know why. Mm. I think it's an innate ability that girls are born with. Yeah, possibly. Born with the ability to do a towel turban. Yeah. But that was the freakiest thing for me about this whole film. No, the doll was the freakiest thing, without a doubt. It was really creepy. I think that the way they... the The actual doll that they used was very clever yeah I liked the doll I thought the doll because so, like Annabelle I think is ridiculous looking um, like the Chucky dolls all of that I don't really see what's so frightening about them but this one was so unassuming and lifelike yeah, yeah. that was Didn't just like very strange Didn't like it at all I'd give it a three out of five. I know you everyone's going to laugh. Hated it. I know everyone's going to laugh. And I you never... literally just said it was slow and. Like... I said it was clumsy, but I said it was a really good idea okay. that just could have been executed better. Okay. I think it's worth a watch. Okay. Uh, if for the M Night Shyamalan twist at the end. So three out of five is really your one out of five, isn't it? No, one out of five is open house. No, that's. I give it an open house. I give it an open house. I give it a one out of five. If you're I right. would give this three and a half, just because I feel like if you didn't like it that much and you gave it a three, I can't really give it a three either, as well. Because my three would be different. I feel like it was a good enough watch. Like I, it, it was. I found I didn't find it boring. I found it quite entertaining. No, maybe it's just because I. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the twist, actually. Maybe um, it's because I'm not really frightened of dolls. I didn't really. Hmm. I didn't find not that the story was believable. That's not what I mean. But I sort of found everybody's reactions to everything again really unbelievable. I was like, just leave the house. Just leave the house. Don't yeah. take the job with these two people who think this doll is their child. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, I didn't like the twist. The twist ruined it for me, actually, because then it became a different type of movie. Yeah. But um, I did, I, I quite enjoyed it. So maybe, maybe I'll give it four, actually. I'll give it four. Oh, go on, you mad thing, yeah. giving it four. Yeah. So if you watch this film, let us know what you think of it. Let us know if you enjoyed the twist at the end or didn't enjoy the twist at the end. Now, that brings me to this week's story. We're sticking on the theme of freaky kids. Woo! Great, one of my favourite scary things. I always said that we would not do an episode on this. And then... Donna McTaggart, hey Donna, if you're listening. Hi Donna, thanks. In the Facebook group linked in 
a really famous story about black-eyed kids. And I was like, oh, black-eyed kids. It's such a creepypasta. Blah, blah. I'm not interested in it. And then I said, you know what? Other people were really interested on the Facebook group in black-eyed kids. So I was like, right, we'll do an episode and I'll just debunk the whole thing. This research absolutely slayed me this week. I'm talking dear David levels of being frightened. I don't know. And you debunked that as well. <laughs> and I don't, and like, I don't know why this frightened me so much. I don't like, oh, just, oh God. Anyway, so the original story that went kind of viral, as it were, was from a guy called Brian Bethel. And he wrote this story onto a forum in like the mid 90s. And it's the pivotal black eyed kids story where he's in his car outside the movie theatre in America, obviously, these kids come to the car. They're trying to get in. Well, they're, they're asking for permission to get into his car, blah, 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 blah. And that kind of went viral as viral as it could in the 90s. And it's kind of become the pivotal story of the Black Eyed Kids. So when I started my research this week, I started by listening to a Coast to Coast interview with a guy called David Weatherly. Now, obviously, we know Coast to Coast is what it is. And you're just going to have to... I love it. I love it as well. I think it's gas. But it's, you know, it's obviously dubious at best. However, this guy, David Weatherly, did an interview on Coast to Coast. It's on YouTube. I would suggest that you look it up and listen to it. And he claims that there's been sightings of black-eyed kids for years. But they were just weren't formally called black-eyed kids until the 90s and early 2000s which is why everybody thinks it's kind of a modern legend and why I think I thought it was just a creepypasta that had grown legs and become this legend and when I was researching there are so many stories online about people's first-hand experiences of black-eyed kids that it absolutely gave me the heebie-jeebies and I will talk about why it gave me the heebie-jeebies at the very end of the episode are you ready for your first story never never ready So this first story comes from a guy called Brent Swanser and he wrote this story in 2017. And you have to remember there are kind of rules that black eyed kids seem to follow. So generally they will knock on your door or your car window or whatever it is and they will ask to come inside to use the phone or say that they need help and they need to come inside. It would appear that they can't come inside unless they are given permission to come inside. This becomes more and more persistent and then eventually the person, the victim, as it were, will notice that they have black, completely black eyes. And they're always accompanied with a feeling of severe anxiety or dread. Are you ready? No. This happened to me when I just turned 18 years old, just before I was to head off to college. And I had decided to take a road trip from my hometown in California to Denver, Colorado to visit a friend of mine there. I did not have much money, and my parents thought it was a bit of a whimsical idea, but they let me go through with it anyway. I thought at the time that I could handle myself, and at six foot three and pretty muscular, I suppose I have a somewhat intimidating enough presence that I foolishly thought I would not run into too many problems along the way, that no one would mess with me. Anyway, it was just to be a drive out there, after which I would stay two days and then come back. Simple. There was no real reason to think it was a particularly bad idea at the time. Along the way, somewhere in the wilds of Nevada, it became obvious that the drive was to be a lot longer than I had expected. I had left my home too late and I was getting tired and sleepy. If you've ever taken this drive, then you might know that there are vast swathes where there's not a soul in sight for miles around. It might as well be the surface of the moon. 
There was really not much to see along this route. It was dark and empty and with the endless monotonous road ahead and the hypnotising lane lines flickering by, I caught myself nodding off at the wheel on several occasions. I did not really have the money for a hotel to stay at. I barely had enough money for food and gas. So I decided to pull over at a highway rest area off the highway and take a nap in my car. I only planned to sleep for a couple of hours and then head off along that dark, desolate highway once more. The area was actually rather remote, with nothing around, and at the time there were no other vehicles at that rest stop, giving it all a rather bleak and imposing atmosphere that made me wonder if it was a good idea to be there or not, but I ended up parking, putting my chair back and falling asleep even as I turned over the idea of just continuing on my way in my head. I awoke to a tapping on my car window. I jumped awake, and it was light enough that I at first thought it was early morning. I was somewhat startled to see a young man standing there peering in at me. He was a skinny young man who looked to be perhaps in his early 20s or late teens, not much older than myself at the time, and he was dressed normally, certainly not a vagrant or appearing particularly threatening in any noticeable way, although I immediately wondered why he was out there in the middle of nowhere and what he wanted. He then simply and calmly said, Open the door. At this, I immediately had a distinct sense of palpable menace, some undefinable feeling of threat, and was glad that I had locked the doors of my vehicle. I simply said no. He demanded again, Open the door. This time in almost a growl, and I soon noticed that there were two others with him lurking in the background, and that there was a pickup truck nearby, which I assumed to be theirs. Upon this truck was mounted a spotlight that was turned on and pointed at the ground, which was why the whole area seemed to be surprisingly illuminated. In actuality, it was still the middle of the night. This is where things get bizarre indeed. Thinking that it was just some kid screwing around, I took out a knife I had brought with me and just held it where he could see it, which I guess was pretty stupid in retrospect, but remember, I was just a dumb teenager and I thought this would maybe scare them away. In fact, it had quite the opposite effect. The young man became absolutely infuriated and let out what I can only describe as an animalistic howl or wail, quite chillingly inhuman in its intensity, and he violently shoved my car to send the vehicle quaking, and I actually felt it lift from the ground a bit. It was breathtakingly horrifying, totally out of nowhere, and was a jarring, frightening display of strength I would never have expected from a person, let alone someone with such a slim frame. It is hard to describe the amount of alarm that I felt at that moment. This is when I noticed that the two other people with him in the background had something quite off about them. I could see that their eyes were either glowing or reflecting light like those of a cat. I don't know which. But either way, you might recognise as something that human eyes do not do. It also seemed that they were, I don't know how to describe it, blurry, fuzzy... Do you know when you're watching a TV program of bad transmission and the people on the screen look jumpy and distorted? Can you imagine that? Well, that's what it was like. They seemed distorted, broken and vague, as if infused with some sort of static. It was almost as if they were tenuous, having trouble with staying in focus, staying in reality, having difficulty existing, or that they were quivering or moving to and fro at great speed. It was really very strange, and although I suppose I am a decent writer, I find it quite hard to fully describe it in words. The next thing I knew, one of them, a girl around the same age as the man, who was now panting and scowling like a rabid dog, his visage twisted and contorted beyond the thin pane of the window separating us, was suddenly just there beside him. One moment she was standing in the background some distance away, and then she was just right there in the blink of an eye. It was abrupt and made me feel disorientated, to say the least. Then she also said, open the door now. 
This is when I snapped out of my shock and started my car. I honestly didn't think that it would start, thinking that surely they must have done something to cripple it and that I would be stuck there in this metal prison until they smashed their way in or someone came along to help, which was a slim possibility considering the sheer emptiness of the road and the fact that the chance that few vehicles passed by in the night or would even know something was wrong was a remote possibility at best. To my genuine surprise, the car did start and I tore out of there as fast as I could. As I did so, the spotlight on the pickup truck immediately sprung to life and swung up to home in on me, blinding in its brightness and following my car with perfect precision. I stepped on the gas, and as I did, I was shocked to see that one of them, not the original man or woman, probably the other one, or even another hiding in the shadows who I had not seen, was running alongside my car. I think it is important to mention at this point that I was almost to the actual highway and steadily picking up speed, perhaps going 40 miles an hour at the moment, yet there this person was, another young man, easily pacing me as the spotlight pierced forward to track me. As he ran, barely even looking tired, he reached out to knock on my window and it was also totally strange and frightening that I remember I let out a scream, something that I usually do not do and which I can probably count on one hand how many times I've done it. As I reached the highway and picked up speed, he tried to keep up with me, banging on the window the whole time with increasing force and probably made it up to around 50 miles an hour before he finally fell behind and faded into the distance. It was all absolutely mind-boggling. I just drove off as fast as I could, my foot heavy on the pedal, and although that persistent spotlight stayed on me until I was out of sight, the truck oddly did not give chase. I hauled ass until I reached an off-ramp into a populated place and I must have sat there at a diner for about three hours, shaking and trembling at the whim of the adrenaline that was coursing through me. I could not keep my hands still. I must have looked a mess. And I remember the waitress asking if I was alright on numerous occasions, but I lied and said that I was just frightened because I'd almost crashed out on the road. I don't know why I didn't tell anybody or call the police. It was probably because I didn't think they would believe me. Hell, I barely believed it, and also the fact that I was eager to reach my destination and did not want to deal with the hassle, especially since I was in one piece despite my rattled state. I never did tell my friend in Colorado about it, and indeed I've never told anyone about it until now. I was terrified to tell anyone about what really happened. Look, this may all sound very dramatic, but I assure you it did happen. I'm not exaggerating, and to this day it is so traumatic to even think about it. I truly feel that I was not meant to make it out of there alive and that I should have died or even worse at that rest area. My life was surely in some form of danger and I often find myself wondering how many other travellers along that desolate stretch of highway were confronted by these odd strangers and what would have happened to me if I'd opened my door as they had demanded. To this day it gives me duress just to bring up these memories. Adding to this is that I've never been able to figure out just exactly what happened there on that highway or just who it was that I encountered. It is so bizarre and inexplicable and doesn't even clearly fit any strange phenomena I know of. Who were these people? Were they even people at all? If not, what were they? Were they wraiths of some kind? Black-eyed kids? Shadow people? Vampires, for God's sake? What? I mean, what in the world was going on there? Who were they? I have no answers for it and the whole incident leaves me baffled to this day. Now I like to think of myself as a reasonably intelligent and rational person. I wasn't drinking at the time and I wasn't doing drugs. I would really like there to be a pat mundane explanation for it all, but I can't find it. I can't even really find any known phenomena out there in the world of the weird that really fits in with what I saw. It's all completely and utterly bizarre and confounding to me. Story number one. Mm. 
what are your thoughts? It sounds very vampire-y to me. Got a bit of a Lost Boys element to it, mm. like roaming gangs and... Roaming gangs and a big pickup truck. Yeah, yeah. It does sound a bit Lost hate, Boys. I also hate the idea of someone being able to keep up with a 50 mile an hour it, car. It, that literally Ugh. makes my it mm. makes my skin crawl. If this story is true, I think this story is far more traumatising than seeing a ghost or having a poltergeist in your house or whatever. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> yeah, there's a sense of realness to it. <laughs> yeah. If you open your eyes and there's a real person standing there, you're going to be like, oh, are you okay? Do you want something? Mm. And, and you don't tend real... to just point your car at them either, do you? Because you're like, well, if they're just crazy homeless guys, I've committed murder on them. And these are real people yeah. who have real reasonable requests mm-hmm. and then suddenly they do something that is just that little bit abnormal yeah. like that howl or like i mean appearing from apparating is not a little bit abnormal that's pretty fucking abnormal but it's just i find the whole thing just so uneasy yeah and so this guy he wrote this story um back in 2017 and then he wrote a follow-up only recently where he um this is still brent swanser where he said so many people have contacted me after I wrote that story and all they cared about was so in in his original article he had written three or four paranormal encounters that he had had in his life and all people cared about were the black eyed kids as we're going to call it now black eyed kids encounter because they were like I've been in the same situation and other people were saying people talk about black eyed children as not actually being violent or aggressive or just persistent and and um, making people feel uneasy but actually he ended up getting loads of stories about people who physically fought back against black eyed children for whatever reason and I've got a couple of stories for you great more stories about black eyed children I'm so excited so excited (laughs) (laughs) are you ready no let's go A few very bizarre cases of people actually managing to fight back against these terrifying supernatural entities were relayed to me personally in the wake of an article I wrote a while back about a very strange encounter I had in my younger years with some mysterious strangers in the wilds of Nevada. After that article I got all kinds of mails about what they could have been from skinwalkers to aliens to escape government experiments to vampires to just your run-of-the-mill drug crazed psychos but one curious idea was that they were black-eyed kids. And a few accounts, I was told, seemed to suggest that, at least for them, this was perhaps the case. I also received some very curious accounts from those who had experienced something rather similar in nature to what I went through. One reader who contacted me with his own tale and given permission to share it on the condition of his anonymity claims that he had, similar to myself, been approached by a pair of strangers as he sat in his car along a lonely, remote road in the US state of Utah. In this case, he claims that he too had stopped to take a short rest when two kids, in my case it was three, possibly more, seemingly in their mid-teens, a boy and a girl, materialised out of the night as they approached his vehicle. At first he was worried that they were lost, as it was out in the middle of nowhere and there was no one else around for miles. He rolled down his window to get a better look at them, thinking he would call out to ask if they needed help. However, things became a bit unsettling as they approached his vehicle. He claimed that the kids seemed to be wearing very old-fashioned clothing, although he was uncertain from what era it might have been from. They were both remarkably pale, to the point that they almost seemed to emanate a faint glow from their skin in the moonlight, and both had odd-looking bald-style haircuts that for some reason put the witness ill at ease. Slightly unnerved, he nevertheless called out to the two and asked if something had happened to them and if they were in need of assistance. 
The boy merely replied, yes, please, as the two closed the distance. And that was when he noticed, and that was when it was noticed that both of them had pure black eyes like those of a shark. This realisation also happened to coincide with a sudden tingling feeling of dread that sort of spread out through his body like ripples in a pond. Then one of them spoke. The boy allegedly told him that they were out lost in the desert and that they needed help. He asked the witness to open the car door and give them a ride to the nearest town, but at this point the witness claims that he was so overwhelmed with a sheer wall of fear and the potent urge to get away from there as fast as he could. Yet he also found that he seemed to be unable to move as if he were paralysed. He would say of this, It was a really strange sensation. Every fibre of my being was screaming to get the head out of there, but I was, I don't know how to describe it, sort of transfixed, hypnotised, whatever. Anyway, there wasn't a chance I was going to open the door, but I couldn't move to get my car started either. I was like a prisoner in my own skull looking out, and that window was still rolled down. Nothing separated me from that freaky kid's face leering just outside. The witness says that through sheer will he was able to move his arm slowly towards the window, but that it was as if a massively heavy weight were attached to it. He supposedly had to lean a bit with his body as he inched his limb closer to the car door, and that the whole time the two kids just stared at him quizzically as if they were somewhat amused by it all. As the witness leaned and tried to work his arm, he said something very strange happened indeed. He went on to claim... The whole time neither of the kids had made any move to come closer to the window or to force or reach their way in. Like there was some sort of invisible wall there where my window would have been. Then I sort of rocking back and forth and leaning, trying to get my goddamn arm to move and some part of my clothing must have passed that unseen barrier because that was when the boy, quick as a whip, snagged my jacket with his hand and at the same time smiled. I tell you I will never forget that smile. His teeth looked like they were made out of metal, gleaming, and that was what I think snapped me out of it, those teeth. The weight that had been holding me down was lifted and I shoved that boy as hard as I could. The boy apparently was surprised by this sudden push, letting go and stumbling back with a look of shock on his face. In the meantime, my contact started up his car, not sure whether he would soon be paralysed again. When he looked up, he claims the same boy and girl had somehow appeared in front of the vehicle, and stood there as if trying to keep him from leaving. The girl was apparently off to the side of it, but staring intently with a look of anger on her face. In panic, he said the witness floored it anyway, but the boy did not budge. He would explain that, I tore off, but that kid stood his ground and thumped off my bumper. I wasn't going very fast at that point, but enough to mess somebody up, you'd think. When I looked in my rear view, I swear that kid was getting up and dusting himself off like it was no big thing. I just got the hell out of there and didn't look back again. I'll never forget the whole thing. It was like a nightmare. I still wonder what would have happened to me if I'd actually given them a ride like they wanted. It is a very outlandish case, to be sure. And I'll be the first one to admit that since this is an account given to me by some random reader, the needle of my bullshit meter is quite high on this one. But it's still a remarkably bizarre report that I felt was worth sharing. Unbelievably, there was more than one report along these lines given to me by other readers... And this one is just as weird, and perhaps even more dramatic still. The account once again mirrored my own experience in that the witness was in his car when it happened, and he was also in Nevada, in what he claims was the same general region. And his report really takes things to the next level. The witness interestingly said that he had also been in Nevada at a rest stop. He was approached by three young people, perhaps 18 years of age, and wearing dusty, somewhat worn-out-looking clothes. 
Like the previous report, he says that they had black eyes and that they'd asked for a ride. In my own experience, I mentioned flashing a knife in an unsuccessful attempt to scare the kids away, and this witness says that he also produced the knife in case he had to defend himself. The difference is, it seems that he actually had to end up using it. The guy told me that he had made the mistake of opening up his car door a crack, as he had been about to step out and chase them off, and that at this moment one of the kids had torn the door open and actually dragged him out of the car. He did have his knife in his hand still and he claimed that he lashed out with it in a panic and managed to connect with it. He told me, They pulled me out of the car and I tumbled to the ground. I figure I'm screwed at this point, but through the veil of fear I realise that my hand is still holding something, and it's my knife. I wasn't really thinking when I stabbed out with it, at the nearest shape, and I got him. I felt that knife sink in, but when I look up he's just looking at me with those black eyes. I hit him with the knife again, but no reaction. He's just standing there staring. The others are looking on as if it's no big deal. Then the kid I know I stabbed twice says, maybe next time. And they just walk off into the night. I checked the ground and the knife, but there was no blood, no nothing. I don't know if if I passed some kind of test or not. Maybe that's why they left me alone. But I do know that those people you met out there, I have no doubt in my mind they wanted you dead. This particular contact even went as far as to tell me that he was very confident that the kids he met were likely even the exact same ones that I'd come across in my own weird encounter. Although I never did see the actual colour of their eyes, just that they seemed to glow or reflect light. Among all of the weird responses I got to the sharing of my experience, this one has to rank up there with the weirdest. I've no idea what to make of these accounts, how true they could be or what connection they have to my own encounter, if any. This guy's probably just messing around. But damn, if it's not an interesting twist on what happened to me and my odd addition to the Black Eyed Kids report in general. There are scattered other accounts floating about out there of others who claim to have managed to successfully fight back against the Black Eyed Kids as well. One was posted on a thread on the site of Thought Catalogue by a commenter called Bloody Bones. He claimed that one year at around Halloween, he had decided to go down to the corner store. And as he did so, he happened to see two teens of around 14 years of age knocking on someone's door to ask to use their phone. This struck him as odd, as it is an era where most kids would have a smartphone and asking someone to use their phone seemed a bit unusual to him. He passed by the house and at that point the kids turned and stared at him as he went by with an unsettling gaze. The witness hurried to the store and when he looked back he said that they were following him. He rushed to the store, the cashier seemed concerned, and the witness told him what just happened. The cashier then explained that he had had some incidents like this in the past, and he advised the witness never to agree to help these mysterious people. At that point, they noticed that the two teens were lurking right outside the door to the shop, but were not trying to enter, just loitering about and asking to be let in, even though the shop was open and there seemed to be nothing stopping them. The cashier just just locked the door to make sure and the witness would say of the odd events that unfolded. The teens never seemed to waver or leave. They wouldn't step away from the door. It had been an hour. The cashier and I were ready to fight our way out, but instead he took me out the back. The one teen came around the back just as the door shut behind us. Can you help me? is all he could say. He was closing in on us and his eyes. They were as black as a starless night. They were peering right into my soul and I couldn't help but gaze into his eyes. The terror, I I just can't remember too much of what happened next, but I do recall the sounds of struggle. When I came to, the cashier was struggling with both teens. He was calling out to me for help. I ran towards them, grabbed him by his collar and pulled him between the two, knocking them over in the process. I didn't look back until I was near my house. 
The cashier was gone, but the teens were still following behind. I ran into my house, closed all the blinds and turned the music up. Adding to the creepiness of it all, the witness went back to the store the following day to thank him for saving his life, but he had not shown up for work. And the owner of the store said that he had quit and was in the process of moving out of town. From then on, the witness claims to have been plagued by the sense of being watched and says that he even can see the kids on the periphery of his vision sometimes or watching his house from across the street. It is certainly an eerie count to be sure, but is it just a spooky story or is there anything to it? I've got one more to go, but I'm going to pause and let you give your two cents on this one. So, Nevada. They're all in Nevada, right? Interesting. I wanted to talk to you about the fact that Mm. a lot of them seem to happen in Nevada. Isn't Nevada like alien hotspot? Area 51's in Nevada, isn't it? Yeah. Or is it in New Mexico? Oh, Roswell's in New Mexico. Roswell's in New Mexico, but I think Area 51's in Nevada. Potentially. American listeners, correct us if we're wrong. Mm. But... Yeah, a lot of them do seem to happen in Nevada. Interesting. What are your thoughts so far? Do you think this is real? Do you think it's an urban legend? Do you think it's a creepypasta gone viral? What What are your thoughts so far? I mean, so I'm far? surprised that you ask me this every week. You know, Yeah, I don't I'm know going. why I bother. <laughs> I don't know anymore. I really do think this is real. And I think the fact, what you guys aren't going to understand is that you haven't seen Emma researching before. So normally, she researches to debunk something. And the fact that she's not been able to find the root of this has actually really bugged her quite a bit. Yeah, so all week I've been looking for the root of the story. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, you'll be know you'll know that I didn't we did an episode on the rake, the phenomenon of the rake, and I found the root of the story and I was able essentially to debunk the story until somebody then sent me a, a story about their own encounter with the rake after that episode. So, you know. But a lot of these modern legends have their root in like creepypasta or 4chan or reddit or whatever they they are they originate from somewhere but i can't find the origins of black eyed kids and what i can find is like news reports where people talk about them on fucking real news reports like countless stories on the internet this the story from brian bethel comes up all of the time but he didn't make any money from that no. story as one put of it in many as well right he was saying other there was other you said earlier that there was other scary accounts that he put in there like other, other things that had freaked him out in his life it wasn't just that, oh no that this that's the, the this is the one i'm reading now but oh, the original right, okay. one of him outside the video store yeah. or the movie theater rather that everyone talks about he didn't like nothing was achieved there's been no films about black eyed kids there's so, been well there has there's one called let me in that has one star which no one's ever going to watch but it's I don't know where this comes from. So, I believe it, but I could also give you some suggestions where it might come from. Okay, can we do that at the end, though? Yeah, okay. So, can I still talk, can I talk about yeah. the Black Eyed Kids themselves? So, I think, like, if... Uh, it's one of two things. It's either vampires or aliens. <sighs> we'll get to that. I've got a list of theories at the end. And I feel like... Or it's like the early stages of a demon invasion. No, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. I no, but can't... the thing is, it's like if you were gonna, if you were an entity that wanted to trick someone, I'm using entity as like a broad term for we don't know what it is, not necessarily a ghost. But if you were an entity that was trying to trick someone, you'd take on your most vulnerable form, right? And which a, is kids, yeah, which is kids, because I'd find it really hard to leave a kid outside. Uh, after after doing all this research, I would not. No, I know, I know. Any now, any child that ever comes to this house in future is going to get a big fucking nope from me. Even the ones you know. Even the ones I know. <laughs> Even the ones I know. 
But that's the thing, though, isn't it? Because if you don't know, if you're not aware of this story, you'd find generally. I think your your maternal slash paternal instinct, depending on who you are, um, kicks in, doesn't it? Yeah. And you're just like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know whether I can leave it. But it's the fact that a lot of them are teenagers. It's just it just rings like it makes me ring, makes Lost Boys ring in my head really badly. Like, yeah. And we'll we'll talk about that okay. at the end of the episode. <clears throat> but it's also what I find really interesting is that so what people are describing seems to be seems to be really severe anxiety that's what they're hit with before they even a lot of lots of times it's before they even open the door to these kids before they even see them they have this sense of anxiety and anxiety is actually really important like it's a really important innate thing that we're born with um it's like a, it comes from our days as cave people i think i talked about this in a previous episode but i also also think i cut it out of that previous episode yeah, i think you did so it, it comes from our days as cave people and when we get really anxious it's because when we were tribal we were always on red alert in order to be able to save ourselves to keep us alive so you know you might get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger or attacked by you know a neighboring tribe whatever it was so you're always on red alert and anxiety is the fight or flight reflex that's glitching inside us. Mm. So when people say they suffer from anxiety, that's what's happening. Their, their, their fight or flight reflex is being triggered by nothing or seemingly nothing. So that person who describes like that prickling, tingling sensation, it is anxiety. That's what it is. Mm. But I think that we have, sometimes it malfunctions like a glitch in the matrix where you walk into a room and you don't know why and it makes you really anxious and your body is picking up on something that you don't even know what your body is picking up on. But is it possible that these kids are real, right, for example, and they're emitting something before you even see them Mm. that your body picks up on and goes, big fat fucking nope, Mm. this is not happening. You need to get out of here right now. Because that's the the overriding thing is that everyone has that sense of fear. Could they be emitting infrasound? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Will you've ruined this podcast? <laughs> so I also think that it's a very it's not only the so I know some other stories about black eyed kids which I'm not gonna say just in case it's it's coming. But it's the instinct that there's a kid on their own. Yeah. But these are the most remote areas, so that's an added thing. So it's not only there's a kid on his own, there's a kid on their own in the middle of nowhere, or yeah. kids on their own in or the, the side nowhere. of the road, or in the desert, mm. or whatever it is. Vulnerable situations, but I don't think they're children. Well, we'll talk about what they are at the end. I've got mm. a couple more okay. stories for you. You ready? Never. Okay, let's do this. This is actually the last one. One more harrowing encounter reported on the site Week in Weird was allegedly experienced by a United States Marine stationed at a barracks in Texas in the United States. One quiet evening, something very strange happened indeed, of which the witnesses, of which the witness would say, I'm a six foot seven, 260 pound airman. I don't understand why men have the need to give you a description okay. of their height and weight every time they tell you a story so it is i just want to point this out okay it is prevalent in male sporting in america to know your height and weight yeah but it doesn't make me think that you're any braver if you're six foot seven no but it's just it's the physical like it's it's to prove that he's not going to get overpowered by a I know, I know, what, I know what it symbolises and what it proves. And the whole point is like, I'm a big guy, so I don't scare easily. I don't, I don't, don't need to know. It's, I, I, Doesn't make any difference to me I, if I you're do, four I, foot two. I understand what you're saying, but I think it's a cultural thing. Like you don't, 
if you watch any American sport, that's how they're literally described in those terms. That's how the commentators refer to, like if they're introducing someone, you know the wrestling, they will get you get you the weight and you can see on the screen how big they are. You don't need the weight. Okay. It's just a thing, isn't it? It's like a cultural thing. Like I know, I know what you're saying, but I think it's actually, a, there's a cultural element to it as well. Okay. I'm sorry. Can I continue? No. Yes. <laughs> I'm a six foot seven, 260 pound airman who was prior special forces. About a month ago while stationed at a base in Texas that I will not disclose, I was up drinking a beer when I heard a knock on my dorm door. I got out of bed thinking it was my piss mate and since we have Jack and Jill style bathrooms connecting our rooms, I opened our bathroom door and there was nothing. Being confused as hell, I heard this sharp rapping on my door again, so I look out my peephole. Now the hole being quite settled halfway down the door, I had to bend down to look through it. Standing there in front of me was a boy who looked about 17 or 18 at the most. I asked what's up. And he looked up with a smile that I can only describe as partially cruel and hungry looking. With a gaunt face, the boy asked me if he could use my phone. I said, sorry bud, I'm about to go to sleep, so try the special building across the parking lot. I closed the door, thinking nothing of it. He knocked again, and I walked over to my window, this time to intimidate the boy into leaving me be. I pulled my blinds up and looked straight at him. He looked up at me. I'd say he was only about five foot nine and about 140 pounds. Real gaunt and fair-looking guy. Believe me when I say I don't scare easily, but something about him made me feel uneasy as all hell. He looked up at me and asked if he could come in again, and then I saw his eyes. They were empty-looking coals, and a smile crept into his mouth. That same hungry, predatory smile. And I felt goosebumps on my legs and on my back. Something wasn't right. I said, I'm going to tell you one more time before I kick your ass to get lost. I turned around to get my phone and looked back and he was gone. At this point, the witness said he was overcome by an intense feeling of deja vu, as if he had seen the kid somewhere before. After pondering it for a while, he realised that he had seen the same kid two years prior while he was with his brother. They had been working at a gas station at the time when that kid walked across a four-lane highway to step up to the door and stand there staring at them. When they asked him what he wanted, the kid had apparently asked to use their phone and they refused. The kid had then drawn closer and the two witnesses had backed away to go into the building feeling a sense of danger even though the kid was quite frail looking. The creepy kid, who they could see had a pale white face and pure black eyes, then stood right outside the glass door knocking on it for about five minutes. Oh! Having enough of this, the brother then picked up a baseball bat and rushed outside to confront the stranger but the kid had disappeared. For some reason, the memory had been repressed, but his encounter at the barracks had brought it all back and he was convinced that it was the exact same kid that his brother had successfully chased off. The black-eyed kid phenomenon has certainly generated its fair share of frightening and creepy reports over the years and it seems as though the mythology around them has grown and evolved to the point where it's very difficult to tell where any reality ends and pure urban legend begins. It all seems like a modern-day boogeyman tale that very often smacks of myth and folklore yet for those who say they've encountered these beings it all seems really real and if real it seems that the black-eyed kids are a frightening force to be reckoned with but a force that as we've seen here can be perhaps pushed back and thwarted whether any of these accounts are true or not it all manages to weave more threads into the complex and spooky tapestry of the black-eyed kids legend so i've got some theories for you boom yeah Ooh. yeah Theory number one. Can I just ask something about that particular story? Yeah, you can. The guy is an airman. Mm-hmm. He's on an airbase. Mm-hmm. He's in his barracks. He's in his dorm room. 
There's yeah. a boy running around the airface. Is that yeah. not a security breach? I would imagine so, yeah. Which is obviously why there are many questions about these stories. Yes. Theory number one. Okay. Vampires. So as the vampire legend goes, a vampire needs to be invited into your house. They are pale. They don't age. They obviously give a sense of like difference from the average human as in you meet them and you're like, oh, something's quite off about you. We're not going to discuss the existence of vampires in this episode because they're real. There are people in the world who firmly believe they are vampires. There are people in the world who drink blood. Therefore, therefore, they are real. Pharrell Williams, also a vampire. That's a fact. It's a well-known fact. Look it up. He hasn't aged in like 40 years. So vampires is theory number one. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean that was my initial thought, but but not from vampires, from a movie, from Lost Boys. Yeah, see that's what mm, it's very Lost Boys e in is. my mind, and it's not. It's old enough to be like late nineties. It's old enough to maybe be out of social. You know, it's 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 got a bit of a cult status, but it's not necessarily new. Yeah, but it's still relevant enough to be in someone's mind if they were going to pitch a fake story. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it because I've heard worse stories about Black Eyed Kids but they've obviously come after the original one so yeah. vampires is my gut instinct I think. So you think it's vampires? <laughs> mm. Well I'm torn but vampires was my first initial and every time I've read about Black Eyed Kids I've always felt mm, there's something very vampire about them. Okay. Theory number two. Aliens. Yeah. There are a lot of people who believe that these children are actually aliens. Because of their really pale skin and their big black eyes, like alien greys. Mm. It reminds me of, which you're not going to get this reference, but I'm going to tell because there will be people that listen to this that have seen it. It reminds me very much of the arrival of the scrolls to Earth in Captain Marvel. It's that kind of, they take on the form of the first thing they see. Okay. Which, they're aliens. Right, I gotcha. Yeah, so it's that kind of thing. And I just, you just it, it would make sense if they were preying on us. So there's people who believe that they're aliens or that they're alien-human hybrids. So lots of alien abduction encounters include people seeing or, you know, having kind of their sexual organs or their genitalia tampered with on that, um, on the alien spaceship. And then they're... Anal probing. Anal probing. And then there are, they, they often report seeing children who are alien-human hybrid. And there's people who believe that kind of, for whatever reason, these people or these 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 black eyed children are trying to emanate the etiquette of mm. humanity. So they're doing the whole. Bro, I do a really good episode about this. I think it's like their third episode or something. So it might be worthwhile listening to their episode on black eyed kids as well. But they do the whole kind of, can you can you please let me in? And if somebody says no, then what 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 do you do? Ask again. Do you know what I mean? Be persistent. Continue to ask until somebody lets you in. So that's that's kind of aliens and hybrids were my other theory. I don't like that last bit. You see, I don't get it. I don't no. get. It's just stupid. I mean, they would. They were, like if they were trying to blend in, then yeah, obviously etiquette comes into it. But they don't seem like they want to blend in. Yeah, they, they, they don't seem they like go. they want to blend in. And also, if aliens have the like technological capacity to be shooting all over the universe and then sucking people up into their spaceship, anal probing them and throwing them back down to the Earth and all that stuff and sucking eyeballs out of people's heads and sucking brains out of cows and whatever else aliens do, I think they'd be, they'd be able to understand the etiquette of humanity. What? Or they could just break into people's houses. Okay, so what if they are animal, uh, animals? What if they are human-alien hybrids? Yeah. But they haven't come from the aliens. What if they are the leftovers of experimentation from Area 51 that have escaped? So 
actually it's the humans trying to crossbreed from alien parts and human parts to see what happens and they've actually escaped and they're roaming the desert but there's reports of them all over the world apparently mm, I'm saying apparently in. for that one <laughs> number four demons I want to hear about this because I've got another I've got a sort of demon based theory so there's a theory that because these children have black eyes because they're obviously slightly otherworldly looking that they're actually demons in disguise because there's some reports of them being accompanied by a really sulfuric smell somebody needs to sort out their diet yeah eggy farts eggy farts that's all that is <laughs> so there's some people who believe that they're they're demonic I mean I don't I don't you know I don't have any truck with that and if it was a demon why are you coming knocking on somebody's door to make yeah, them feel so, uneasy so what if loads of portals have been opened and these are just something that came through the portal yeah but surely there'd be a more tangible viewing of them or there'd be something more tangible that we could work with rather than these stories I that are actually, peppering the internet yeah I don't actually think they are demons I, I think they're vampires Okay, can we continue with our theories? Yeah. I don't think they're demons either, and that's shite. Yeah. Theory number five, they're a government experiment. That's Often, there's a really, there was one of the stories that, again, is Amber, Ohio, is about a girl who lets them into her house, and all of this mad stuff happens when she lets them into the house, and they keep saying, our parents are coming, our parents are coming, our parents are coming, and then eventually they just say, our parents are here, and they leave the house. And their parents are is a car that pulls up outside and MIBs get out. So Men in Black is a real American thing. Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones? No, definitely not. Oh my God. And Men in Black is a real American thing. I think it's like a cultural American thing, right? Because we don't really have that sort of thing in the UK. It's the CIA, basically, but it's not the CIA. They're slightly different. So Men in Black are like people who are incredibly tall, incredibly pale, slightly off, like obviously in black suits black sunglasses but that there's something kind of otherworldly about oh, them like, as well um, like the dude from the Matrix no no, no. think about it as being a, a black eyed kid but an adult a black eyed adult hmm okay so we'd have to do a whole other episode on men in black on black eyed adults I can't and I cannot cannot get into it because it's going to make me have a breakdown black, my last theory which okay. is the one that we I... We haven't really discussed that theory, but... But you don't know what they are. Yeah, that's true. So you can't discuss it if you don't know what no, they I are. No, I thought you said... You started by saying government experiment. I thought that was Oh, yeah, was government a experiment. Sorry, go on. That well, is a theory. Be. It could be. That's what I said originally. I just don't know what... Like, to what end? Do you know what I mean? What is the point if it's a government experiment? So, it's always super soldiers. But super soldiers who go knocking on your door? No, 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 no. The original... I think they're probably a failed experiment. So, they... It was something... I don't actually. I think they're vampires. But let's just go on this theory for a second. They were a failed experiment. So they were they were looking at how to, repro- like how to reproduce or how to put alien DNA into human embryos in the hope that actually it would create a super soldier, Captain yeah. America kind of thing. But actually it just didn't work. And actually what you made is real, real hungry humans that needed to feed constantly. And then they escaped. That does not make any sense. Why not? Because why don't they just walk into your house then? How is it that they've been created with this inability to shirk human manners? That's because they're vampires. But I'm just, I'm just trying to take your theory a little bit. I'm trying to talk about it a little bit. My last one is that if these accounts have happened, mm. it's just kids being kids. No, don't believe that. So this kind of has taken over the internet a little bit. Black Eyed Kids, there's been news reports, blah, 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 blah. Books, blo- books written about it. Books written Blux. about it. 
the whole lot oh imagine if you were like a bored teenager get yourself some black contact lenses and mm. off you go and absolutely wreak havoc and you could easily because you're not actually doing any harm you are not doing anything that is legally going to get you in trouble all you're doing is making people feel unsettled and that's the one that I want to settle on is that I believe this has grown legs and it's just kids being so kids so what was the original story about them I don't know mm. I don't know mm. I really don't know yeah you got a big hole there haven't you yeah big hole in my logic um, there could be some of them could be um, I'll give you that some of them it's, I think there's always an element to these spooky things that occasionally they're not all spooky do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so, obviously, yeah. So, there, yeah, there probably are some teenagers that are doing that. I tend to think, though, that if it was, like, all teenagers, there would be some instance of police picking them up. Probably, yeah. Because bored teenagers why... are bored, but they also don't probably don't have the impetus to then go, like, but miles away from their then, own home. But at what point, then, if, if the police picked this kid up with black eyes, blah, 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 that police officer is not going to then go on the news and say, oh my God, everybody, black-eyed kids aren't real. I've just picked up these teenagers. No, just move on no, with their but life. no, but you'd hear a report, so there'd be a local news report saying, oh, we picked up something. I don't think so. I, I completely disagree with that. I think everyone would just get on with their lives. No, I, I think it would filter out. You'd, you'd, you'd hear it. If it was enough, if there was enough of them, if it was enough of it was fake, they would start filtering back into it, I think. You'd hear the odds. You'd be able to search it. You'd be able to Google it. Mm, I don't know. So you're setting on vampires? Yeah, I really liked my um, government experiment file thing, but then it doesn't. It doesn't None of it, it doesn't make in. any sense. <laughs> no, it did what? up until the point where you said they could. No, no, get no. In. But what is the end game if these entities are real? Right. What is the point? What's they're not doing anything? Feeding. Feed. How, feeding on what? On the people that let them in. The only thing I can give you with that is that. If there are people that let them in, if it's a real thing, if there's people that let them in, blah, 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 maybe they die or maybe whatever. Something happens to them and people don't realise it's because of black-eyed kids. That's the only thing I can give you. Yeah. And, but and, I just... And, I can't... We did, we this did, is, this we is did, blowing my mind. But we did an episode on missing people. We know how many hundreds of thousands of people are unaccounted for in the States. Mm. How, what if some of them are actually people that have let kids in or have met their end by the kids? I, I can't deal with this episode. Why not? Because I'm going to have a breakdown. Why? Because I can't decide. I can't <laughs> find a logical explanation for I've this. I've just explained it to you. It's vampires. <laughs> the silence. I can't even argue with you anymore. This podcast has broken me. Why? Because I just don't... I, I don't know where this... I just don't know. Right. So I'm going to leave it there because I want to say to people... If you've got a theory about this, if you think, if you can find something that can tell me this isn't real, or you can find something that tells me it is real, or you have had an experience with a black-eyed kid, or something you know somebody who has, then send it our way, because I am fascinated by this. I still think, I think there's more, I think Lost Boys has got more to do with this than the people have made the connection. There's also the theory that people are just really, that the power of, um, not power of persuasion, what's the word I'm looking for? when you like drop something into somebody's psyche I don't know when you see things like Lost Boys and whatever and then something happens and you attribute Lost mm. Boys to it I know there's it, a term because you've used it before but I don't know what it I is I don't know I don't know what it is power of persuasion no that's not it I don't know but either way it might necess- It might be that things like Lost Boys are in our psyche mm. and now that black eyed kids are somewhere in people's psyche if they have any sort of a strange experience with a child they're like oh my god it's a black eyed kid I watched a Shane Dawson video the other day where he talked about his experience with a black eyed kid that he had never told anybody because he didn't think it was anything to be afraid of. And then he was like, oh, that really unsettling thing that happened potentially was a black-eyed kid. Mm. I know. Watch it. Shane Dawson, black-eyed kids. Watch mm. it. Watch it. Watch it. 
So, we've got new reviews this week. Oi. Are you ready? Yeah. The first review comes from Lesbian Beyonce. Ooh. And it's entitled Absolutely Dantastic. Oi. I couldn't think of a pun for Emma's name. But they're both awesome hosts. The podcast is truly wonderful and incredibly professional, which must be down to Tiny Bims, who presumably is in charge of everything that happens off air. This podcast has provided me with hours of driving entertainment, except when I'm driving in the dark. I believe that is Cass or Heidi from episode five. I would say that is as well. Thank you, Cass or Heidi. Our second review comes from Chaz82, but it's CH82AZ. See what I did there? Mm. And it's called Sleeping With The Light On. Stumbled across this podcast. Can't remember where from. Frankly, don't care. I binged all the available episodes in a weekend, which included having to pause and watch cat videos on Instagram because I'd get too freaked out. <laughs> Love the presenters. I want to be their friend. You can absolutely be our friend. And we can be Emma's friend because I'm not very good at stuff like on social media. Yeah, but Dan's I not very social in general. Work out it works. And it's nice to have them in my flat, even if some of it is freaking terrifying. Oh, and I love the film reviews too. Mainly because I hate when things are all highbrow and worthy and these guys are just honest. Again, I want them to be my friends. I reckon they'd be great value for a drink. I don't really drink, so I'm actually really good value. Is so. this review from a black-eyed child? And they're like, hi, right, I want to we want friend. to come to your house. Can I be a friend? I'm going to give no. you one Can more I be a review. Friend? No. Can I be a friend? No. No, sorry. I'm going to give you one more review. And this is from Goat Peter, who I believe is greatest of all time. Ah. Peter. And this review is entitled, Nice but Annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, but the sudden loud voices of the presenters when they get excited is really, really annoying and painful on headphones. I just want to say to Peter, that's not going to change, but I'm really sorry that I've hurt your ears. I'm sorry as well. I I would also suggest looking on your phone at the volume gauge and if it's in red it's probably too loud anyway so maybe just not there's that and also I'm not very good at editing so I don't know and I also I can't be arsed to edit things in that detail so Peter I know you gave us three stars but maybe it's not worth your time because I'm not going to get any quieter I am this loud all the time I'm actually a lot quieter on the podcast than I am in real life that's true I can vouch for that (laughs) you just be thankful Peter that I don't live in the same house as you or you would have no eardrums left Thank you for leaving us a review anyway uh, and saying some nice things about us. Just being a bit noisy. If you want more black eyed kids stories. Oh, I thought you were offering them black eyed kids. I was like, hang on a second. If you guys want some black eyed kids, because we're secretly trafficking paranormal (laughs) children. If you guys want to hear some more black eyed kids stories, then you can subscribe to our Patreon because this week's Patreon episode is going to be more black eyed kid encounters. There was just too much for one episode. If you want to do that, it is $4 a... No, how much is it? $5? Yeah, I just Can't made up a new now. tier there. $5 a month for extra episodes weekly and $2 a month if you want to listen to the wonderful 50p movie club that is Dan and Will doing what they do best, which is watching films and taking the piss out of them. Yeah. And if you want to send us your story, you can do that at Real Life Ghost stories podcast at gmail.com we are always accepting listener submissions so please send your stories to us i've gotten loads this week that are really good and if you want to follow us on instagram we are on instagram at real life ghost stories we are on twitter at real ghost pod and we are on facebook we have a facebook page called real life ghost stories podcast give it a like and a super secret super secret super super secret facebook group called real re r l g s super group where you can share loads of memes and have fun and talk to other fans of the show and also big news big exciting news dan has joined instagram this week yes as 50p movie club yeah i really apologize for sending pictures of the football yesterday it's not really appropriate for our audience but i won't do that again but the underground one went down well 
So. I mean, he will do that again, but listen, that's just the way it is. Uh, it's 50p, 50p movie club, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but if you can't find it, just look on the Real Life Ghost Stories one. I'm sure I've been tagged in at some point. But also, if you have any black-eyed kids stories, do send them our way. If you have any black-eyed kids, send them our way. Send them our way so we can um, exterminate them <laughs> quickly and efficiently for you. And that involves me taking the kids to the top of the stairs and Emma drop kicking it back yep. down. <laughs> and on that note, we shall see you next week. Adios. Adios.